Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 366. It might look good on your taxes, but it's not going to show you a profit and you're going to be very discouraged. (laughs) Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thanks for joining me here today. I can't believe we're already coming up to our second gift biz bash. Not sure what this is? It's something new that I recently started for you. The Gift Biz Bash is a Zoom party that provides a short session of free live training and then a chance for you to highlight your company and any promotions you currently have going on. Or if you're interested in doing a collaboration, you can give us the details on that and perhaps find your next biz buddy. The first one was a couple of weeks ago. Oh my gosh, we had so much fun. And it's going to be coming up as a podcast episode here shortly. Why don't you join us for this next one? Spots are limited so that I can keep the bash to about 45 minutes or so. You can sign up for as many as you like or pick and choose based on your availability. To see the schedule and to sign up, go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash bash. It's 100% free for you to pick up a growth tip and get eyeballs on your business too. What could be better? giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash bash. I'll see you at the next one. And now on to the show today. Do you recall the old vaudeville films where they'd have a big hook that would come out from behind a curtain and grab a bad actor around the waist and pull them off stage? Please don't do that to me (laughs) when you hear what we're talking about today. It's a topic that I know you've heard enough about lately and probably want to forget. Until this time next year, that is. Ugh, taxes. But what if you didn't have to dread tax season? I mean, it's going to come around again, whether you like it or not, and putting a blindfold on now won't make your experience with filing any better next year. But listening to this episode can... Our expert today is going to walk through what you can do now so that your tax filing experience can be less painful next time around. We cover who should be part of your financial team and what actions to take and tools to use. Whether you're a newbie in business or a seasoned pro, I think you'll pick up a tip or two to ensure that tax filing sanity is in your future. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Danielle Hayden of Kickstart Accounting. Danielle is a reformed corporate CFO who's on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. After spending 10 years in the boardroom, Danielle is now in her sweet spot as the CEO of Kickstart Accounting, Inc., where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, analysis, education, and she's also the author of the Profit Planner book series. 
when Danielle isn't crunching numbers on her client's behalf, or crafting the next iteration of the Profit Planner, you can find her hanging out with her two kids as she inspires them to lead their fullest lives, or any and almost every fitness-related activity, ranging from Spartan races to Pilates. Hmm, Spartan races, that's interesting. Danielle, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. But before we even go into the candle question, what are Spartan races? <laughs> they are an obstacle mud run. Very odd that I got into this. I had a friend who invited me a few years ago to train and go to one and my fiance and I had a blast. So I am as girly as it gets. I do not want to get dirty at all. And then it comes to race day and you're climbing into mud and it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> it's so much fun. Oh my gosh, that does sound amazing. And your shoes probably come off as you're running through the mud at some point. Oh, yes. I can't tell you how many people have lost their shoes in there and something that you don't do that in real life. You're not going playing in mud like kids and monkey bars and lifting heavy stuff. It's a really, really challenging event, but it's so much fun and you leave feeling like a million bucks. It sounds amazing. And you've kind of gotten like a mud spa treatment at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I said that in my last race. I said, you know what, guys? I said, people make good money for this and just toughen up. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we've already gotten a little bit of a peek into who you are besides just your intro. But I also want to do this by way of a motivational candle because we've been doing it all these years. So I can't stop now, Danielle. <laughs> if you were to describe yourself by way of a motivational candle... What would it look like by a color and then maybe a saying or a motto or a quote that would resonate with you? So my favorite color is red. I love the smell of cherry almond. Everything is cherry almond in my routine. And then my quote for as long as I can possibly remember is mind over matter. And I really do truly believe that. Yeah, my kids roll their eyes. My mom laughs. My team I laughs every time I say it because I truly believe that our mind controls what actually becomes our reality. I agree with you. It can limit us or it can open us up to opportunity. It depends which switch you want to flip. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and we are going to have to flip some switches here, Danielle, because <laughs> these are the topics that I know people who are listening shy away from, all the accounting and the numbers and all of that. Talk to me a little bit about how numbers became such a passion for you. Yeah, it's really interesting. I actually didn't do very well in math growing up, so I wasn't a math nerd. I never thought I was going into school for math. But I was actually working as a hairdresser and I realized that I loved the numbers side of how to make money, right? Like that is how you made a living there was understanding, you know, how many haircuts or how many hair colors that you had to do in order to hit your different quotas. And then I started talking to the other stylists and saying, hey, you know, if you do this, you'll meet the same quotas. And then if we all do this, the salon will have to pay us even more money. And so I got the whole team rallied around understanding the numbers that they needed to hit in order for us to all achieve our goals. I didn't know it at the time. I went back to school for accounting. And fast forward, it all came back full circle as I'm sitting in the corporate boardroom. I realized this is the same thing that I was doing 10 years ago at the hair salon, but in a different way, using the numbers to ensure that we hit our goals and rallying the team behind those numbers and understanding those numbers so that we can all hit our goals together. 
And so I fell in love with the process. And that's what we do today at Kickstart is helping other business owners understand the numbers and what they need to do in order to be able to find the success in their business and not feel so overwhelming in this topic. I love it. And I know you've had a lot of experience with handmade creators, you know, smaller businesses too. And one of the things that we continue to see, all of us, is that sometimes we're not looking at the right numbers because we'll look at, let's say, how many products we sold at a certain event, but we're not looking at how we priced the products. You know, so we're not really seeing margin. We're just seeing revenue, but that's not what you're bringing home and putting in your pocket. Exactly. So that's a big issue here. Yeah. I told you before we pressed record, when we first started Kickstart, we worked with, that was our first customers was a lot of, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and we have a really big market here that we were able to really help transform a lot of handmade creative entrepreneurs in understanding it's not the number of products you sold. It's not the gross revenue, because that's a number that people focus on all the time. How much revenue did you bring in? It's the expenses. People forget that the expenses are just as important as how much they brought in and then their time. Okay. Yeah, time. I mean, time is something I think as makers, we think, well, comes naturally to me and it's just me and I'm the owner of the business. You know, it's kind of like the old fashioned, you don't tip the owner type thing. We don't charge for our time if we're the maker. And if you're in business, that's not going to work for very long. And if you enjoy it. So a lot of our clients will tell me, I don't mind it. It's therapeutic because that's the whole reason you started this business to begin with, because you had something that you enjoyed doing and that you were good at, and then you started selling it. And so a lot of our clients will say to us, I enjoy this so much that my time really shouldn't be included. But that's not true. As you continue to grow, your time has to be included, just like all the other expenses in order to truly understand your business. Completely. Okay, I'd like to guide the conversation into a specific topic here. And that is something that everyone wants to like shove to the side because this time of year, it's for many of us over (laughs) as of like within the last couple of days. And that is taxes. You know, so often as April 15th approaches, then all of a sudden it comes to light that, oh my gosh, what do I need to do to prepare? I've got to get my numbers going, you know, all of that. And then even when we submit taxes, the question, did I do it right? Did I give it to my accountant properly? You know, if you're not doing it yourself, all these questions. And I'd really like us all to get to a point where we're feeling comfortable early on in the process of what we need to prepare for taxes so that come a year from now, everyone listening to this show can be like, okay, I'm so glad I put in play an easier way to manage taxes so that we can focus on our business and not just that stressful time, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the conversation I'd like to go with. How does that sound for you? Sounds amazing. Definitely a conversation that needs so much time and attention, especially this time of year. I can't tell you how many clients come to us overwhelmed and frantic, and then it brings on all the other mindset issues, right? With shame and guilt. This is a really good opportunity to be able to do it differently next year. Perfect. All right. So let's take it from somebody who's brand new. Let's just go with a clean slate, okay? How do you frame getting ready for taxes? Like just an overall statement to start with. Is it going to be time consuming? Do we put processes in place? Like what's the value of doing this now versus just wait until the end? Yeah, it's going to be a mad rush, but that's okay. I just don't want to deal with it right now. What would be the advantage of addressing it today? 
Yeah. So I am a big believer in that we have the opportunity as business owners to be able to make business decisions for our taxes throughout the year. So this should never be something that you're only thinking about between January and April. This should be something that you are thinking about at the end of every month. And so if you are just starting out, part of your process as a business owner at the end of each month or quarter is the process of reviewing your numbers and looking at, do I have a net income or do I have a net loss? And if you have a net income, either setting aside the appropriate amount of funds, or if your tax accountant advised you to make tax payments throughout the years, the year, be able to make those tax payments. Now, when you get to year end, you've made business decisions throughout the year according to your taxes. So if you have a huge profit, you've saved, you've spent accordingly, you've had a conversation with your tax accountant about maybe becoming an S-corp, you understand how much you took in owner's draws, you understand the information. So everything's put together. So you've saved time. You know where you stand. So you have confidence. You're not surprised by your tax bill. So you have a sense of calmness and a sense of ease. So those are some of the emotions that you can enjoy if you start this process now for next year. Wonderful. And I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of us have no idea what that process even should be. Like a lot of people, you know, you're talking about having a tax accountant. If we're just starting, we don't have one. (laughs) You know, if we're farther along, then we do. Give us an idea of what financial team could look like as you grow your business. Because right now, let's just talk to the person who is just starting out selling products. What eventually should they evolve into in terms of help with their numbers? So I want you to have what I call the financial triangle. You have your bookkeeper. So this is the person who is entering all of the transactions into your accounting system. You are never too early for a bookkeeper. I truly believe that as soon as we're making money, we need to have our systems in place to be able to have this information recorded. They are also the person who will help you understand the information throughout the year and be prepared for tax season. The second person is your CPA. So this doesn't need to be anybody fancy. This could be a local CPA, a tax partner to your bookkeeper. So not the same firm, not the same company, not the same person. Your bookkeeper and your CPA should be two different people so that you have a checks and balance. You know that two people are looking at those numbers and that they are accurate and they can work together. So your CPA is a person who's coming in at year end to file the taxes. However, I do want you to talk to that person at least one other time throughout the year. Maybe that time is summer or quarter three to make sure that you are prepared for the end of the year. And then the third person is your financial advisor. And I know starting out, that might be surprising that I'm telling you to have a financial advisor. However, as self-employed individuals, we still need to be thinking about our long-term strategies in terms of our retirement, disability, insurance for your business. So thinking about who is in your corner to be able to help advise on those long-term financial strategies to make sure that you are protected. And ideally, again, these three people should be three different companies, three different individuals. However, you want them to work together. So you want them to be able to communicate and be able to work together. Wonderful. And I just want to make mention to everyone who's listening, I want you to reference back to episode number 361 with Aaron Bridgman. And there we talked about how the income that you make in your business bridges over to your personal life. 
And that's very compatible with what Danielle is talking about. I almost look at these as two twin episodes that you should listen to together. I know her very well. Yeah, I think you you just had her on your podcast too, didn't you? I did. I will second that we speak the same love language. Yes. And so she was talking a lot about how you transition your profits over to your personal life, all that you were just talking about here in these last comments. So again, I think these are two. Just listen to them back to back. You'll get a wealth of information. Okay, so let's get back to your financial triangle. So we've got your bookkeeper, your CPA, and your financial advisor. That is the optimal image of the partners that you should have in place as part of your financial team. What do you say, because now we're going to bring in a layer of reality, someone who is just starting out is going to do their own bookkeeping for some time. I mean, you just know they are, even though they probably shouldn't Mm -hmm. unless they have a friend. (laughs) How can we kick them off in the right way so they're prepared as best they can be for tax season two? Like what basic things should they be doing with for sure the statement that they should be handing this off as soon as they can? So- you know, you'll still have an accounting system. So I would recommend QuickBooks or Zero. Wave is a free option. However, long-term, it is not an effective option. And those systems will help you create the necessary profit and loss statement, which you will need in order to be able to file your own taxes or have a CPA do your taxes for you. So you want to make sure that you are in an accounting system. The mistake that I see people make is that they use a Google Doc or an Excel spreadsheet. And unfortunately, that is not foolproof and it leaves a lot of room for error. It can cause a lot of issues. It can result in you overpaying on your return. It can result in you not taking enough deductions. So you really want to make sure that you have a system in place that's going to help you capture the information in order to be able to then use that profit and loss statement to be able to file your taxes. Right. And, you know, if you're just putting it on an Excel spreadsheet, you still then have to figure everything out from the numbers that you've put down. It does take a little bit of time. I've heard of zero before. We use QuickBooks and you're saying wave long-term isn't a good solution. I'm all for putting people on the right tool right from the beginning. So you'd say zero or QuickBooks, right? I would say zero or QuickBooks. QuickBooks is by far our long-term favorite. We find that QuickBooks offers a shift in mentality. It is going to be able to give you long-term support in your reports. And because entrepreneurs, business owners understand that, when they start to work in QuickBooks, it shifts their mindset and saying, I got this, right? Like I'm doing this. I am considering myself official. <laughs> it enables that growth opportunity, that growth mindset. Okay. And something that I learned, I had a QuickBooks specialist actually in our VIP coaching call this week. And we were talking about the differences between QuickBooks Online and QuickBooks Desktop. And what I understand is that for people who are inventory rich, QuickBooks desktop is better unless you want to do an add-on, like an additional app, I guess you call it, that you would add on to QuickBooks online. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Okay. So would you then, given that, recommend QuickBooks desktop for a maker community? I would not. Okay. Most of the makers that we work with use either an inventory add-on that syncs with their point of sale system. So it's a little bit different from the traditional marketing that's out there for systems. Most marketing, right? So when you're marketed a software, a big highlight for marketing teams to give you is that we sync with QuickBooks. However, 
what I think is more important is syncing with your point of sale system. And so you want your inventory as part of your point of sale system. So every time an item is sold, it's being removed from that system. Makes sense. Yeah. So then when you need to replenish your inventory, you can easily see, you can do an inventory report and there you go. You've got what you need. Yes, exactly. Okay, wonderful. And honestly, QuickBooks, you know, it sounds big and scary. And any accounting system to someone who's never done this before, it sounds difficult and challenging. Really what it is, is inputting data and then that tool does the work for you. You know, it produces your profit and loss statement or your inventory report, all of that. So it's really just a matter of making sure that you're inputting the information it needs to do its job. We'll continue this conversation after a quick break to hear from my other company, which also happens to be the sponsor of the show. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. Yeah, I cannot tell you how important it is for the information to be categorized correctly and set up correctly. When we work with um, new clients, one of the first things that we do is use our strategic framework to make sure that the QuickBooks chart of accounts and income statement is set up accurately so that you can understand your numbers. Unfortunately, what comes out in QuickBooks tends to just be an alphabetical list of accounts. And long-term, that's very difficult for you to understand what is going where and why. And so I do encourage anyone who can to take the opportunity to work with an expert who can help you make sure that QuickBooks is set up accurately and that things are being categorized in the right places, not just for taxes, but for you as the manager of the business to be able to manage your expenses and understand the numbers. All right. So with the understanding that everything needs to be set up correctly and not just the automatic A to Z listing, right? Let's say that all of that is set up because I want to take this from the basics. What's the information we're supposed to be putting in? Into QuickBooks? Yeah. I mean, that sounds very general. I get it. No, that's okay. So QuickBooks will walk you through a process of setting up what's called a bank feed. So you will set up the bank feed for your checking account, your savings accounts, any credit cards that you have. PayPal can be a bear. So you want to link your PayPal correctly. So depending on how you have your PayPal account set up, you'll want to make sure you link your PayPal accordingly in QuickBooks. But once all of those systems are set up, or once all those feeds are set up, it will automatically upload each transaction. So you're out making money, spending money, and QuickBooks is bringing all of those transactions into the system for you then to categorize for each expense and each income line. Now, one thing that we see a big error that we see when we first start working with clients is that historical information will not have the vendor name. 
And so no matter where you're spending money, you actually want to click on the transaction and make sure you're putting in the vendor and then the category or the account in which you want it to go to. The other piece of this would be your sales. So depending on what point of sale system you're using, let's say you're using Square, you'll also sync your Square system to QuickBooks or have a mechanism to pull all those transactions in as you're making money. Okay. So anywhere where you have purchasing, once that's connected, all of your sales will come in. And then with your credit card, does your credit card, when you charge on a credit card, does that sync into QuickBooks? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Clearly, I have a bookkeeper. (laughs) All of your checking accounts, so your deposits and your expenses, your credit cards, as you're making money and spending money, everything is pulling into QuickBooks. The most important part of a bookkeeper's job is to make sure that they're maintaining the integrity of the income statement. They're maintaining the integrity of the chart of accounts. So again, what I think is most important when we do our accounting, our end goal is always for business owners to be able to understand the information. And so you need to have the right categories put in place in order when the expenses come in, they're going to the right categories. That way, when you're looking at the income statement, it makes sense. Well, and it's actually representative of what's really happening. Like, heaven forbid you have a cost of sales that's really showing as income or something like totally off. You're in the wrong side of the accounting. Exactly. Right? And that could really throw you off totally. All right. So if you have everything connected up, then it's important to make sure that the categories are correct. It's either money going out, money going in, and then allocated to, you know, there are all the other separate categories too, right? Like entertainment or education, all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are all some important categories. And I would recommend you have your categories grouped by types of expenses. So under travel could be, this is random example, but like airlines, hotels, uh, parking, gas, uh, all under travel. And then under payroll would be contractors, any payroll fees. Uh, If you're paying any employees, those would be all be under your payroll subcategory. So grouping them in that way or advertising is another one. So anything that you have under advertising and marketing might be like booth fees, marketing contractors, website developers, so that everything under advertising and marketing is grouped together. And the reason that this is so important is that there is a beautiful report called Percent of Sales, and it will show you where you're spending money, how much of your sales you're spending in each category. And so it really allows you very quickly to say, am I spending too much money in advertising? Like, whoa, that's 30% of my sales going to advertising. We should probably do something in order to get that down closer to 10%. So it allows you to be able to have that analytical conversation with yourself or with your money team to be able to decide on what would be a good idea to continue to spend money on. Okay. And what if you've really upped your game this year now that we're out face-to-face again. (laughs) And this is someone who finds that selling their product face-to-face through craft shows, farmers markets, all of that is a really good idea. And they want to be able to analyze which shows are really performing for them with, like you said, booth fees, travel, hotel, booth setup, all the different things that go into a show. Is there a way to pull out and allocate Keeping them in travel or booth fees or, you know, all of those expenses, but allocate it on a show level? Yeah, you absolutely can do that in QuickBooks. Okay, so there's a way to tag expenses. Is it a sub-level tagging type thing? So there's a few different options. You can create, depending on how many shows that you're going to do, 
you can create an account for each type of show. So some of our clients, they'll do it by the, each account is a type of show that they're going to be attending. And then the fees and expenses according to those types of shows. If you want to do it specifically for each show, you can tag it by source. It is on a higher level of QuickBooks account. So if you have essentials or basics, you cannot tag each sale by source. Um, so that would need to be done by a journal entry. And I would partner with your bookkeeper or your money team in order to be able to get that level of detail in there. Okay. And it really, in the end, it's circling back to what you said before. If you're just starting, like get someone who really knows what they're doing to help you set up your QuickBooks account. And then you're good. Then it's just a matter of inputting all the information. Yeah. What we're talking about here is kind of the next level of information. And so I don't want anyone to get in there and be like, wait, where am I going for this? Because it's not in the more basic levels. But if you're in a more basic level of QuickBooks, you can do it by having different account for each event and have all the expenses, the booth fees, everything that's associated with that show go to that account. Okay. All right. Wonderful. So let's swing back and talk again about taxes. <laughs> We're merging into all of the accounting stuff. And it all starts with, as you're saying, with having a source where you can actually understand what your numbers are so you know what you're going to be reporting. When it comes to taxes, a couple of questions for you. What about saving all your receipts? Do we need to do that anymore? So the IRS says that anything under $75, you do not need a receipt for. Anything over 75 technically you do. I would not recommend putting them into QuickBooks. So we still see a lot of self-employed individuals who, when they're first starting out, will take a picture and import that information to QuickBooks. What ends up happening is that you end up doubling up your expenses between having that manual entry and then the entry from your bank feed. So it's registering twice is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. It might look good on your taxes, but it's not going to show you a profit and you're going to be very discouraged. <laughs> yeah. I would recommend there's a million different apps out there. I personally use Genius Scan. It allows you to save right to Dropbox. So you can take a picture of all your receipts, save them in a Dropbox file. If you are traveling, I want you to make sure that you have those receipts saved. That is a big audit red flag, but even so, any of your day-to-day -day transactions that are over $75, you can take a picture of, of them, save them in a Dropbox file. Do not put them in a shoebox. We all know at this point, the ink fades. So <laughs> take a picture of them, save them electronically. You can do it by month or by year, but have those receipts electronically. Okay, so all you need to do, let's say you are out at a show and you have a food receipt or something. You just use Genius Scan, take a receipt, it automatically goes into your Dropbox, and then you can throw away the receipt. Correct. Yay. <laughs> okay, everyone, scan all of your receipts and then get rid of that box. <laughs> you can do that. Yes, get rid of the box. Yay. That feels they're very refreshing, a little spring clean to our accounting systems right there, <laughs> for sure. So what do you say and what do we do to manage and balance year-end and inventory? You know how people at the year-end see that they've got some money to spend? Well, these are two separate things, so let me start over. Year-end inventory. As makers, we have a lot of ingredients, elements, cost of sales that go into the creation of our product. And at the end of the year, we're not all zeroed out necessarily. Do you have any guidance or recommendations for us or suggestions on how we manage that at year end? Anything that we're able to control to make our tax bill less? So it really depends on how you're filing your taxes. 
If you are filing your taxes on a cash basis, which I want to say 90% of our maker clients are filing their taxes on a cash basis, you are taking the tax deduction, the tax expense, the day you make that purchase. And you're considering it income the day you make that sale. And this is really important because you actually won't have year-end inventory. You can count it. I suggest you understand your inventory and know what you have on hand. However, from a tax perspective and an accounting perspective, you will not actually be keeping your inventory on the balance sheet. You will be taking the expense. You'll be taking the deduction as you spend money throughout the year. Okay. So if you're buying wax for your candles, that is an expense at the time of that purchase. Correct. And if you're showing a large profit, so let's just say for this year, you're heading towards the end of the year. And because you have bookkeeping in place and you're reviewing your numbers on a regular basis, you see in October, November, oh, wow, I'm really profitable this year. What should I do to make sure I'm not overpaying in taxes? You can go out and buy a bunch of wax. And now that wax, now do not spend money just for a tax deduction. Only spend money if you know that you need that material. Yeah, you'll be using it into the following year. Right. We've seen people spend money just to get the tax deduction. Don't spend a dollar to save 40 cents. But you can go and buy that wax in December and it counts as an expense in that year. And then you'll use it in the following year. Okay. So how does that work if you flip over your calendar year? So let's say you buy the end of December because you're going to need it to your example, but you don't actually receive it until the following calendar year. So it doesn't actually come into inventory until that following January. It doesn't matter because your cash basis. So it's all about when the cash comes in and the cash comes out. Cash is king. <laughs> all right. Wonderful. Perfect. So, I mean, I know you're not a tax advisor. I mean, I have seen people buy a new vehicle for delivery for their business or all sorts of things to get their taxes down, you know, because they have that income. Any suggestions for people if they're looking at a huge tax bill, but they feel like they could be doing something to their advantage? I mean, should you move it over and pay yourself more? Or I'm sure you've seen more examples than I have, but any suggestions on that end? Talk to your money team. They know your situations. So taxes are not cut and dry. There's not a one fits all solution here. You need to talk to your money team in order to understand what your financials are telling you that you need to do this year. It would be unfair of me to say, everybody go create an S Corp and put yourself on payroll. Because if you are not ready for that, that is not doing you any service. You need to talk to them. Does it make sense for you to purchase a vehicle? For instance, if you are an LLC, you can deduct your vehicle. But if you're showing a ton of profit, it might make more sense for you to become an S Corp and put yourself on payroll. Now you can't deduct the car in the same way. You would have to reimburse yourself for the car. However, you're getting a greater tax deduction by putting yourself on payroll. So you need to be talking to your money team so that includes your bookkeeper and your tax account to make sure that you can get the right advice for you. I think S Corp is the biggest change that we've seen people make in the past few years. Gone are the days of thinking that you have to take everything as an owner's draw. We have more and more of our small business clients becoming an S Corp, putting themselves on payroll and taking advantage of them becoming part of the business expenses of their business. 
Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that you're advising that I'm hearing, besides all the detail underneath, is have people in the know who are part of your team who can advise you properly. Because just because, let's say, a friend of yours through a chamber meeting or something has switched over to an S-Corp and is reaping the benefits doesn't mean that's right for you. You know, so you really, to your point, Danielle, need to look at individually what your situation is, what your numbers look like, and then take advice from that group that you've put together. Yeah, you really have to make sure that somebody is looking at your specific situation and not giving that overall guidance. Right. Which, again, is also why you want to establish these people early and keep them informed of your business. As you were saying, check in with your CPA at the mid-year point, too. You know, so any actions that could be taken can be taken before you're at the end of the year when you can't affect it again. Mm -hmm, Exactly. When you go home at the end of the day, Danielle, and you think back on your day or your week and you see things that you wish people would have done differently just to make their life easier, what things come to mind? You know, the biggest thing that comes to mind for me, especially in this topic, is we as entrepreneurs are wearing all of the hats, right? We try to. We think we can. We try to. Right. And as women, for some reason, we think we have to or we need to. As you attend more events, as you grow your business, it's really important to remember you don't have to do it all. It was so rewarding for me to hire my first contractors and then employees. We have seen it with our staff members who are our clients who have needed support and got the support that they needed before burnout. And so if you are really overwhelmed with the numbers piece of your business, I want you to start to think about that money team. You know, maybe this year it's just getting a CPA in place. Maybe next year it's getting a bookkeeper in place. And then the next year it's getting a financial advisor in place. I just don't want you to feel like you have to do it all alone. Entrepreneurship is hard. And this money conversation is freaking hard. And it can be really confusing and overwhelming. You're not alone. You're not the only one thinking, gosh, this is really confusing. There's so many business owners out there who are really good at their craft. They didn't set out to be an accountant. They didn't set out to understand the numbers. They set out to produce this amazing craft and give that to the world. And unfortunately, part of that is knowing your numbers. And just if you tuned into this point in the podcast, first of all, I'm proud of you. You're doing the things that you need to do and keep doing them. Perfect. And honestly, if you free yourself up of that time to make more product that you can then sell, you're going to recoup any costs that you have. And you're going to be happier and feel lighter and enjoy your business more. So Danielle, let's talk a little bit more about Kickstart Accounting. And you were mentioning some resources that you have a little bit as we've been going through the conversation. So why don't you share some of that with us? Yeah. So Kickstart Accounting, our goal is to help business owners understand their numbers. And we do that through, first of all, taking bookkeeping off of their plates. We understand, you know, like I was just saying, how difficult business is. And we want to be able to take one hat. I always picture, I got to get this like statue someplace. I picture the crazy hat lady, right? Like with that book when we're kids, crazy hat lady. And where she's just able to strip off at least one hat, right? So that you can get that time and get that energy back. I had a client say to me last week, I spend Sundays doing all of my QuickBooks. Well, how long do you think it's going to be until you start to resent your business? Yeah. We just take one hat off of our clients' plates and be able to give them some of their time and energy back. So if this is something that resonated with you and you need that support in your business, the Kickstart Accounting team is always here to help and talk about your specific situation. And you can contact us at kickstartaccountinginc.com. 
Okay, perfect. And share a little bit about your podcast, the kind of information if someone were to switch over. We've got all podcast listeners here, obviously. What would they be learning from you from your show? Yeah, Entrepreneur Money Stories. We are talking about all things money mindset. I mentioned it a little bit ago. We think that we're the only one thinking, why am I not good at this, right? Everybody else knows their numbers. Everybody else has their money mindset in place or everybody else is good at understanding the accounting. And that's not true. And so we're talking about our best. We have other entrepreneurs coming on talking about their best strategies for how to overcome their money mindset. And then we're talking about some how to. So how to understand your numbers, how to get this information. We have a whole system series coming up that's going to be really, really, really special, especially for the people who are just starting up, getting the systems in place so that you can track all the numbers that are going to move your business forward. All of us should be listening to your show because if we're just starting out, knowing and doing even just one step better is helpful. But I think you can get us to a number of steps better in the whole money mindset and actually doing it. The goal for all of us for next year, this time, is to feel really solid with having submitted a tax report, feeling good about the numbers, and feeling confident as we move forward so we can focus on growing the business. Thank you so much, Danielle. I really appreciate you being on the show. You're so welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Promise me, okay? I mean, really. Promise me you won't be like the majority of people who breathe a sigh of relief that they've made it through another tax season and can now coast along until it comes back again. Who needs that pressure when it circles back? Danielle has given us the pathway to tax filing freedom. I'm walking in that direction. Are you going to join me? Before you move on to your next activity today, make sure to get your name on the list for at least one Gift Biz Bash. You can see the dates and times for upcoming sessions and get signed up over at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash bash. And if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to show support for the show, a rating and review is always fabulous and helps spread the word about the podcast. But there's another way for you to get something tangible in return for your support, too. Visit my merch shop for a variety of inspirational items like mugs, journals, water bottles, and even more featuring logos, images, and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. It makes a great gift, too. And we just added some new products for the season. Turnaround is quick, and the quality is top-notch. Nothing but the best for you. Take a look at all the options over at giftbizunwrap.com forward slash shop. All proceeds from these purchases goes to help offset the cost of producing this podcast. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time for the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? 
If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.